Love getting prices that are lower than low on food that's fresher than fresh? Then shop at Kroger. We give you more ways to save on the fresh you love with tools like the Kroger app, where you can find personalized coupons on top of weekly sales, giving you prices that are lower than the everyday low. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's the big $10 sale. So mix and match and get two, three, four, five, or even 10 for $10 with your card. So many great deals. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiaka bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Wilda Wiaka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiaka. I'm so glad you can join us. This is Mission Evolution, bringing the latest knowledge from today's leading experts to support your evolutionary process. This hour, we'll explore elevating human consciousness into life mastery. Do you ever feel like you're just staggering through life, following someone else's script? One, possibly written by some relative you never knew long before you were born? Do you have a sense you're falling well short of your potential, yet you don't know what that potential is? We all feel like that from time to time, but probably never more so than now is when all the rules are changing and everything is up for grabs. With us this hour to explore consciousness, life mastery, and human potential is Dr. Sue Mortar, an author of The Energy Code, The Seven-Step System to Awaken Your Spirit, Heal Your Body, and Live Your Best Life. Dr. Mortar is an international speaker, master of bioenergetics theory, and quantum field visionary. She utilizes embodiment of high-frequency energy patterns to activate full human potential. Her website, drsuemorter.com. Dr. Sue, thank you so much for joining us on Mission Evolution. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. I'm always looking forward to where we get to go in these conversations. It's always a great time. I'd like to start out with your bio states you're a master of bioenergetic theory. What is bioenergetic theory and what does it mean to be a master? (laughs) Sure. So what we know is that everything is energy. Quantum science is showing us that everything in the manifested world is actually just energy. And linear physics has shown us for decades that 
that physical items that the chair you're sitting in, the screen that people are watching is energy that is just compressed into form. And so everything that we're looking at is energy and energy is vibrating at different frequencies. And those various frequencies are what determine our experience of that energy. So the physical body is also made of energy and that energy is supposed to be flowing through the body in a particular pattern of flow. And if it is able to flow in the pattern that it's designed to be flowing in, the body is self-healing and self-regulating. And we are able to, to heal from an injury or to produce uh, greater strength in the body because of this vital force that is flowing and circulating. And so bioenergetics are simply the energy of the body, but the body's energy. So we are working at a time with natural healing um, in this world that is, that is quite profound. And it is uh, a time where energy medicine is a term that never was even coined before. And, uh, and so now we get to utilize this movement of energy as a means of, of healing and uh, providing greater sense of well-being with various techniques and technologies. So anything that moves energy in the body or for the body um, is considered a good modality when it comes to um, energy medicine itself. It's, it seems like, you know, clear back from the, the hippie era, good vibrations, okay, frequency has been being talked about, but I don't think we understand it real well. Where does this energy come from and how does it impact us and how does it get distorted? So everything is energy. So that's the point. There is a unified field of energy that is what is. So when science was trying to figure out what is the basic fundamental element that our world is made of, because they thought that if they had an understanding of that, that we could better manage it or even manipulate it toward our, our, our better being as a species. And so they've discovered that they boil it down to the fact that, that energy is just this potentiality that is sitting there. And we can start to gather that energy for, uh, uh, for our use. Our minds have the capacity to do this as well. They, that we attract and magnify particular energies into particular forms and patterns that, that will either allow for and a life with ease and grace, or one that feels like we're constantly hitting up against obstacles all the time. So, so we're living in a world that is made of energy and, uh, and how that energy is formulated into patterns and structures is what quantum science is showing us is largely up to our own consciousness, that our states of consciousness ultimately determine how the energy formulates in our personal lives and how it flows through our personal lives. Basically, quantum scientists would hook up um, equipment to test if the basic foundational element of the world as we know it was matter or if it was energy. And when they set up the equipment to test to see if it behaved as matter, it did. And when they set up the equipment to test to see if this basic foundational substance uh, operated as energy, uh, it did. And so what quantum science has determined is that we basically find what we're looking for. And if we are um, you know, more conscious and more aware of what it is that we're looking for, then we open up a world of possibilities to ourselves. And so, 
So it is, uh, the, the profound question is, what is this stuff? And the answer is, yes, it, it is what we are making of it. And that is determining the life experience that we are having. Well, it certainly sounds like the buck stops here. <laughs> yes, and, it does and, indeed. And, and that's going to take us into some fun things about manifestation. But first, I'd like to get into, you know, most people view health as simply not being sick. What do you mean by heal your body when you speak of heal your body? Well, you know, we're always perfecting. If the body is allowed to be in its natural process, it is always perfecting itself. It's designed to do so. If you cut yourself, it heals, it mends over. If you break a bone, the body knows what to do to heal that as well. And if that isn't happening, there's a reason. And it is because this energetic pattern isn't allowed to remain established as it is designed to be, or it has never really been functioning as it was designed to flow. And so healing is the perfecting or the, or the reconfiguration again of this energy flow in our system, the way that it is designed to flow. So yes, people think of health as the absence of disease, but, but someone can be not as highly functioning as they could if this energy system isn't able to be flowing the way that it is designed to. They may not have direct symptoms automatically um, on a given day, but they could be sitting just sub-threshold so that they are more subject to their environmental changes, whether it is you know, a virus in the community or whether it is um, a stress load or a physical injury. If someone's energy is flowing the way that it is supposed to, they will heal from an injury automatically. The body is built to do that. If their system is flowing uh, energetically the way that it is supposed to, they will also be more immune to uh, our external environment. So it is about optimal function in an internal realm, regardless of our external circumstances, based upon this flow of bioenergetic energy that we are built of. That would be how I would refer to a state, a high state of health. You know, it's, it's interesting. Historically, you know, a lot of the old traditions worked with energy and um, on a lot of fronts. Every nationality had a basis of healing that had to do with energy. And now for generations, it seems like we've kind of ignored it. What's been the impact of that disregard? That disregard has left us completely... Um, uh, weakened as a as a state of being. It compromises us on a regular daily basis, in my opinion. We need to return to the connectivity, to the alpha frequencies and the natural state that, that the rest of creation is operating on. We have had a better idea about what health and healing is. We, in general, uh, hook that into uh, a new medication or a new procedure that is available for us through new technology, which takes us further and further away from our holistic true nature and, and, and educates us in a greater degree on fewer and fewer topics to a greater and greater degree. We know more and more about less and less, but we have overall lost touch with the comprehensive holistic uh, uh, capacity of the human system. And I think that it is imperative that we become realigned and reacquainted with our body's true natural you know, capacity and abilities to, to adapt and to perform and to regroup and to recapture uh, this whole state that we, are, that we are meant to be living in. I love the way you referred to nature because we've gotten so far away from the way things naturally work that it's in tune with one thing and we're out of tune with everything else. 
how can associating with nature help us find that balance again? Well, the natural alpha frequencies that the Mother Earth is and that, that our environment is are automatically helpful to these higher states of a freneticism that we can generate with our own mind through worry and anticipating worst case scenario, uh, pocketing those tendencies and those beliefs inside of ourselves until it creates a general come from that actually has us operating in, in beta or uh, even higher frequencies um, of anxiety uh, states in the mind. And so as we spend more time in nature, and we start to breathe more slowly and more deeply in our own lungs and down into our belly even, uh, it allows this stabilization of this, of this energy. And it, it basically, if you think of it like nature focuses in a, in a wave that is graceful and flowing, and our minds have a tendency to operate in a, a shorter, more compressed vibrational waveform. And so nature doesn't uh, isn't able to help support our system as long as we continue to run that with the kinetic frequency bandwidth. Well, so we're gonna we're gonna have we're to pick up down. on we're gonna pick up on slowing down on the other side of a commercial break. Dr. Mortar and I will return shortly, so don't go away. This is Mission Evolution with Gwilda Wiecka. For more information or to listen to past archived episodes, visit www.missionevolution.org. Again, this is Mission Evolution, missionevolution.org. We're dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. With us this hour discussing human potential is Dr. Sue Mortar. Her website, drsuemortar.com. Um, Dr. Mortar, we were talking about how nature can give us a baseline to return to or recalibrate from. Um, and yet we've gotten so far away from nature for generations. Is this a generational imbalance that we're looking at? For generations, we've migrated more and more into technology and further and further away from our true natural states. And not that that's bad. It's just that we need to maintain an awareness at this natural state. So we have generations that are now birthing into our culture that have actually never really been as connected to nature as, say, two or three generations prior to them. We, it used to be by force that we were out in nature more, you know, preparing our own foods and working in those sorts of ways. And technology has certainly created a lot of conveniences for us, but it has also compromised that natural connection that is that is uh, imperative for us to be able to generate the 
feedback into a natural biome and the biofield is being compromised by not only not being out in nature, but then in addition to that, being placed in front of you know, computer screens and such. And we need to do such for education and for awakening, but it is imperative that we also spend time balancing that out so that we can stay grounded and integrated in our lives if we're going to expect our body to do what it was built to do in the first place. So when a person starts doing that, starts recalibrating with nature, starts um, trying to calm down the, the system into the frequency, that nice smooth flow you were talking about, does that bring up a lot of our unprocessed issues emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally? It sure does. And nature can also help us with that. Uh, however, if we don't maintain a consistent space uh, of that capacity or that allowance, if you will, then what happens is we constantly are building up more unprocessed energy. We're building up unprocessed emotion. Unprocessed emotion is probably the number one cause of, of breakdown of our own immunity and our ability to heal because that energy that is compressed and stuck in a pocket somewhere is consuming attention of this flow and it's creating blockages in the natural flow of the biofield. And so as they, as we do create more spaciousness, this stuff will naturally come up to be surfaced so that it can be processed because if left remain unprocessed, it becomes a threat. So the body is naturally built to survive and it's going to address the greatest threat that it can find on any given moment. And as soon as we slow down, it starts assessing what is below the surface of the consciousness in the subconscious. So the subconscious is constantly trying to up-level it to a conscious level so that we can do something about it so that it doesn't become life-threatening, which it does over time. If left pocketed, it creates acidosis in the body. It creates a block in the energy flow, healing patterns decrease, survival patterns increase, chemistries in the body jump into fight or flight. And the next thing you know, we're just trying to survive another day. And, uh, and that has nothing to do with healing. That has to do with survival. Two very different topics. It, it seems like from what you're saying that we tend to, well, this is universal, big boys don't cry, blah, blah, blah. Um, we tend to block things. In any place you have a block, energy doesn't flow anymore, and you're setting up for illness. Is, is this what I'm understanding you to say? Exactly, exactly accurate. Mm -hmm. okay. so, so it's important that we learn how to feel what we're feeling, how to have it, how to pay, pay attention to it. It doesn't mean we have to write a story about it, but we do have to feel it. We do have to process it and just being with it and the, the emotional state and breathing, that alone is one of the most profound things that we can do to shift our body's tendency to jump into survival physiology versus moving into a healing and processing state. And if we are indeed blocked, aren't we creating and manifesting from those blocks and the beliefs around them rather than our free will? Indeed, we are compromised in our come from. So we're, we're processing in a compromised state. So everything that we build and every project that we engage in is beginning in a compromised foundation. So it almost has no choice but to reproduce for us more of the same. And so we end up feeling like the hamster on the hamster wheel and, and that we can never be enough and we can never get it done. And all of it has to do with the, the place from which we start. 
So we're encouraging people to start from a true base foundation rather than, than from an un, a place of unresolvedness where we're leaping out to compensate for something that's being buried inside of our own system. Now, you tend to put a lot of emphasis on the physical body. Does all of this really begin with the body? And if so, why? You know, it doesn't begin with the body, but the body is a beautiful place for us to utilize a, a, a language of translation. If, if you think about it as our essential soulful self, the, the true self, the authentic self is constantly emanating energy. And that begins in the deep core of our system, deep in the gut, deep in our heart of hearts, if you think of it that way, deep inside of our authentic selves. And it's constantly radiating and emanating energy. And that emanation ripples through the body. And so the body could speak to the mind if the mind were listening to the knot in our stomach or the tightness in our chest or the lump in our throat. If the mind were paying attention to that, what it would be witnessing is a language of this authentic energy being, this pure presence that we truly are, is emitting energy that's being blocked in some ways because we're suppressing it, ignoring it, denying it, deflecting it. We're doing something with it other than accepting it and embracing it. And so if we use the system the way it's built, this essential self kind of speaks out rippling through the body and the body then would speak out to the mind, but the mind is busy writing stories and it's busy being busy. It's not paying attention to this language that is being revealed constantly. So I commonly reference it as the soul speaks to the body and the body speaks to the mind. And we need to train the mind to listen to what's going on into the, in the body languaging. So it doesn't start there. The body is reflecting what we are doing in terms of embracing or rejecting our true feelings and sensations and ideas and, and desires in this life. When embraced, they become beautiful manifestations. When ignored or suppressed, they become disease and conflict and agitations and irritations that exhaust our system, leave us compromised to all sorts of external issues that now become foe instead of friend. And, uh, and the whole system is truly designed to be supportive. Now it's not, it's oppressive. So the body is where it manifests physically, but it starts in the inner energy field. Is, is this the same energy that the uh, Orientals speak of as chi? Yes, it, it would be, it's chi with consciousness. It is, it is the uh, innate intelligence that, that natural healthcare practitioners were, were uh, trained to refer to as, as this guiding light. Yes, in the Eastern culture, chi in Egypt, it would be key. It is, there are many, many different names for the energy flow, but yes, it is the same. It is also the same energy that is, that is captured on camera with, with a computerization called Carillion photography, which is the aura, which is uh, also referenced it is the biofield, which is kind of a newer term that incorporates other uh, organisms inside of it as well. But the foundation of it is everything is energy, including us, and that healing innate energy that acupuncture uses as well to, to reroute with the needles and the insertion of them. Um, it, it is all this same energy. It is also the same energy of Ayurveda, one of the oldest healing arts in, in the world, which is depicting different types of energy patterns that are running through a person's system and how to support that or to harmonize those, those various um, components of 
of the energy field. So we're learning much about something that's been here for thousands and thousands of years. And uh, it is time that we return to truly honoring this as, as the master system uh, of, our, of, of humanity. Speaking of which, tell us about the master system of the body. So that master system is this energy system. So we, we have a tendency to think of, of the, our health and vitality as a harmonizing of our nervous system and our hormonal system and our digestive system and our respiratory system, our skeletal system, our cardiovascular system, our immune system. These systems of the body are different energy frequencies that are supposed to be harmonizing and communicating with each other. Well, the, the, the common ground underneath all of them is what I'm referencing as the master system. And that is this energy field that is truly what, what each of these other systems are a byproduct of. Each of these other systems are built upon this energy system or made from it at different frequencies. So when we can tap the master system and start to harness and work with that, with our minds and our consciousness, um, that now we have an impact on all of these systems. We know that when we focus in a certain way um, and we breathe in a certain way, that we can reduce high blood pressure and change chemistries in the body. That's, that's been studied for decades and has been well proven as biofeedback, as a means of someone maintaining a higher level of health in their lives over the, over the long haul. And so we're just enhancing that and being preemptive with it and uh, not just trying to chase a symptom and, and uh, balance it out, but really start to bring some consciousness to well, what is that system? If it can help when we're already in trouble, what if we were learning to manage it in a way that prevented us from ever getting into trouble? How, what if we we're could utilize that? Yep. We're going to have so, to look at that kind of management, which sounds very fascinating, on the other side of yet another break. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Martyr and okay. I will return to our discussion shortly. So you stay right there. This is Mission Evolution with Gwilda Wiecka. For more information or to listen to past archived episodes, visit www.missionevolution.org. This is Mission Evolution, missionevolution.org. Our guest this hour is Dr. Sue Mortar. We're speaking about energy patterns and evolving human potential. Her website, drsuemortar.com. Dr. Sue, we were talking about this. As you were speaking, it's, it struck me as like a tuning a piano. If a piano is out of tune, the music it plays is gash awful. And yet, if it's totally in tune with itself, it doesn't have to be in tune with anything around it. Um, however, you're talking about setting that tuning, like if you're doing a piano, you, you set the tuning of the piano to a particular note that the entire orchestra can agree upon. Are we doing the same thing with our physical bodies by setting our tuning to that of the earth and then to tune it to itself? Absolutely. Very astutely put. And uh, the earth receives, literally receives energy from the sun. And the, our physical body receives energy from the earth. 
And when we can align our minds to stay in tune with that, we won't interrupt it. And a byproduct of that is we can, we can absolutely harness this power and use it to our advantage for healing or for increasing our endurance or our, our, uh, our, our capacity on every level. We change emotionally, we change mentally when this connectivity is perceived. When the mind can perceive, even at a subconscious level, that there is a frequency here to support it, then it doesn't start running stories and it doesn't start overthinking. It remains connected. It is now serving something greater than itself. And we know that everyone always feels better when they're in service to something. Well, the mind operates in the same way. When the mind is in service to something bigger than itself, it's relaxed. And when it stays relaxed, it doesn't interfere with our body's natural ability to heal itself. You mentioned that we become separated from our parts, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. Uh, would you go into that a little bit? What causes the separation and what do we see as a result? Well, I kind of describe this in a very fun way. It's kind of like when we land here, we splat. And our body goes one way, our mind goes another, our breath goes another way. And we're just kind of hanging out in this dispersed state. And we live the course of our lives attempting to pull all that back together in a reintegration. And what happens is we have to build the circuitry to support that because our system, when it's in this splat, we get associated with the mind of all those things. We get attached to the mind. We, we put our attention on the mind because the mind is the one that's gonna get up and see if we're safe and figure out what we need to do differently and strategize and protect ourselves, et cetera. But then we become infused in this mind. And these are great states of consciousness that we develop when we peel ourselves off of the mind and realize that we are not the mind, but we have a mind and we have a body that are here to serve us that we are more than our mind. And this is what thousands of years of meditation have been trying to teach humanity that is so significant in, in terms of finding our true state of health, that we, we have to learn to separate ourselves from our beliefs and our, our thinking machine. Otherwise, we get so infused in them, we start perceiving reality based upon what the mind is conjuring up in terms of protecting itself. But the mind will always operate from a state of duality because it's not the whole of who we are. It's only a part of it. So the byproduct of that is that it's always searching for that more and that something more and something better, improving upon and, and making these distinctions, oftentimes leading to judgment and, and a collapse of the system. So what we're doing is teaching people how to peel themselves off of their mind and to get their mind in service to them instead of their mind controlling them and putting it in the right role. So that now we can, uh, we can engage the mind when it's appropriate, but we leave it set and just simply observe and witness rather than thinking and, and really analyzing and over-processing life so much. So often people end up living in their heads as an attempt to survive, to figure out what they need to do. And it's, it's a very painful way of living. So what we're doing is teaching people how to drop back into the true core essential self who has a mind and... Uh, has a body and allow these these faculties of ourselves uh, to serve be in service to something greater rather than you know the runaway train that the that the mental body alone can do. So each of these are different frequencies. Our our energies that are our mind as we use them, the energies of our emotional states as we experience them, the energies of our own uh, chemistry body, and then the energies of our own physical body. They're all different vibrational frequencies. And what we're trying to do is to get them all 
collaborating so that we're not identifying with one or the other or another, but rather we're aware of our full capacity as a human being and our creative capacity as an awakened human being to generate the life that we would like to be experiencing rather than seeking it. We're so busy seeking what we desire, we forget that we could create what we desire if we would just stop, stay connected, integrated, and turn on that creative capacity. But our nervous system gets so locked down into this fight or flight state that we literally forget that we have the capacities that we do. And instead, we get busy trying to strategize how to survive what other people are creating or how other people are operating and how that's influencing us becomes too great when we lose touch with the deep integrated state of who we are truly here to be. I love the way you say that, because when we're so caught up in our fear, locked in the back brain, <laughs> that, that it, it jumbles our frequency to the point that we can't be creative, that we don't have access to our ability to manage matter at the quantum level. We're just kind of along for the ride. Is this what you're saying? Totally. Absolutely. You nailed it. And, and this is the plague of humanity. This is what really has us operating in states of, of unhealth, of states of lack of well-being, of states of extreme fear. I feel it's at the foundation of everything in our outer cultures that are, that are conflicted, all the way up to the, the highest degree of, of health discomfort and even into social, social discomforts. And, um, and the issues that even lead to such extremes as war, et cetera. It's all because we're not in touch with this true authentic self. And so we get, we get defensive, we get protective, we get survival oriented and we get carried away. And when the emotions rise, you know, logic decreases. And when, when uh, it, it intensifies in the outer world, we can't access our creativity because the body is built to survive. And when it is, threatened by some perceived threat, it might as well be a real bear about to eat us because we respond as if it is real, even if there hasn't been a bear in our lives ever or for many, many years. Uh, the, the way the system works, it can lock down a trap door that has us locked into this fight or flight protective, um, per, you know, um, protective and performing state that keeps us from being able to, 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 to truly tap our, our creative abilities to resolve and to love. Yeah, and there goes your ability to make a new, new solution to an old problem right out the window because you're stuck in right. the back brain. Right. So right. many people- more the same. I'd like to talk about victimhood. Many people view life as something that just happens to us. And I understand your views differ from this. Would you go into it a little bit? Absolutely. You know, quantum science is showing us that we are literally creating our reality. We don't know that we are until we do. And we unconsciously are driven by this until we're not. Once it becomes conscious, we can catch it. We can catch our tendencies to write a story. We can catch our tendencies to be in a state of fight or flight and, and to then react accordingly. We can stop. We can become more observant. We can take a, take a moment and we can start to build an identity that is more than just one who has to react to our external environment. We can create a system that is self-referencing, internally motivated, inspired, and, and therefore creative. But we've been orienting our five senses to the outer world since we splatted, since we landed here, since we got here. And so 
the outer world has all of our synapses consumed. And if someone else is unhappy, we're unhappy. If circumstances are not going well, we think that it's, you know, it's directly impacts us. We are here to learn that, that it comes from the inside out. For instance, success doesn't come to us. It comes through us. It comes from us. And, and these types of, of realities are something that, that we as a, as a culture by and large uh, have not been exposed to. We think that because you did that, of course, I'm upset because you say that, how else could I feel? And we get lost in that. All of us get lost in that from time to time. What I'm really encouraging people to, to learn how to do inside of the book that I wrote, the energy codes and the coursework that I teach is to share with them that it can start deeper. It can start within. And all we have to do is it's a, it's a, a state that was referenced in Eastern culture called Pratyahara. And it means withdraw your senses to your inner world and pay attention what's going on in here. It doesn't mean close off the outer world. It just means pay attention to what's going on in here and honor it and begin to develop a sensitivity based upon what is flowing through the system and where those energies become blocked. When someone walks in the room that triggers you, there's a reaction in your body, in your chest, in your throat, in your gut somewhere. And if we were to learn and we can what to do with that, we would start to build more neurocircuitry to reference what's going on in our inner world rather than always being reactive to what's going on in the outer world. If we're always reactive to what's going on in the outer world, we're never really being creative. We're just creating better ways of responding to what's going on in the outer world, but we're not truly being creative. We're becoming more uh, intelligently reactive rather than being truly creative allowing these energies to come up and out and, and perform and develop in the ways that they're designed to do. So, so we're here to learn how to return our attention more inwardly and to feel what we're feeling and to let it contribute to something more meaningful in our lives than we've ever let it before. Well, we're going to need some tools to shortstop that process. So on the other side of this commercial break, uh, we'll go into that with Dr. Mortar. She and I will be back shortly to continue our discussion. So don't you go away. This is Mission Evolution with Gwilda Wiecka. For more information or to visit uh, past uh, uh, archived episodes, visit www.missionevolution.org. This is Mission Evolution, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. To find out more about me, Golda Wiecka, my school, and the other evolutionary tools we offer, visit findyourpathhome.com. This hour, we're sharing thoughts with Dr. Sue Mortar. Her website, drsuemortar.com. Dr. Sue, we were talking about how we go into a knee-jerk reaction, uh, one we've been conditioned into for generations, anytime something threatens us in our environment. And that takes us, it, it's, it's like jumping onto a hellbound train. How do we derail that thing so we can get off it and come up with some uh, collective, you know, some, um, some good solutions rather than just going into a knee-jerk reaction? Is there a quick way to stop that train? 
Yes, one of the first things that we can do is to constantly become aware of what's going on inside the body. Right now, if everyone were just uh, that is watching or listening would would have uh, an a, an imaginary person walk through a door in their space and notice how their energy goes over to that person, that energy rushes out of our body and it goes over there. there lit we literally can feel a vacancy in the body if we just start practicing with this. And then as soon as we realize that happening, to just call the energy back into our own system, just just claim it back inside my own body. And we might think, I don't know how to do that. But if you just imagine it and start working with it, you'll literally be able to feel it right, right now. If this person was standing in the doorway, you would throw your energy over there. You just claim it back here. And the moment that energy is claimed back with your attention inside the core of your body, it generates photon density in the core of the body. And photons are these tiniest little packages of energy that actually are influenced by our thought and our attention. So when my attention goes over there onto this person, especially if there's emotion associated with it, all sorts of photons are directed in that direction. It basically literally leaves this energy being vacated by some of our own personal power, our own energy packages of photons, if you will. So then when you just claim it back by bringing your attention into the central core of your own body, you'll start to feel more full, more satiated, more um, enlivened, and more anchored and integrated in your own system. And then I always have people breathing up and down what is referenced as a central channel. There's a toric field flow of this biofield. I have just a picture here. Maybe I can show this. Um, it is allowing this energy to flow down through the center of this body. It hits the earth, rises back up, comes out the top of the head and cycles around and around and around. It's constantly coming in, constantly rising up. Most people are functioning where this energy runs down through the body, hits the earth and rises back up. And it starts avoiding places where there are no longer, or there are shut down circuits where we've been hurt before. We've We've suppressed something. And so the energy has to wobble its way through all these areas that have gaps in the flow. That creates a distortion in the energy field. This is called a toric field. It's a natural flow. So what I'm doing is encouraging people to breathe up and down this central channel with their own imagination. And it starts to carve a pathway where there have been um, inequities in the energy flow, blockages in the flow, if you will. And that starts to create a perfecting of the field again. Because when that field is perfected and that flow is happening symmetrically, the biofield sends messages to the cells, which we're learning through epigenetics, have a harmonizing healing effect on the cellular structure. Little antennas on the surface of the cell pick up on this energy flow and decide we're either in danger or we're not. And then they produce chemistries to respond to such things. So what I would encourage people to do is start to imagine breathing as if they had a blowhole in the top of their head like a whale, exhaling out the top of this, inhaling down through it, through the center of the brain, through the center of the throat, through the center of the chest, inhaling to the belly, and then exhaling down into the earth, straight through the tip of the spine. And then inhaling up from the earth, up through the tip of the spine to the belly, exhaling up through the heart, through the throat, through the center of the brain, and out the top of the head. And then repeating it over and over for several times, inhaling through the center of the brain, throat, chest, heart, all the way to the belly, and then exhaling down through the belly into the earth and inhaling up from the earth into the belly, exhaling up through the heart, throat, center of the brain and out the top of the head again. That's called a central channel breath. And it starts to gather 
these little packets of energy in the core of our body. The subconscious can then start to pick up on something from the sensory nervous system's perspective. It can sense and feel more energy there, which projects to the subconscious there is a greater sense of well-being, a sense of self. It can find itself, and so it relaxes. And that begins to stop the runaway train in an instant. We all know that taking a deep breath helps us reset, but this is something more. This is not only resetting that moment, but it's starting to establish and carve a pathway where these energies will continue to flow. We can also learn techniques to anchor ourselves in this central channel so that no matter who it is that walks through that door and no matter how important it is, and no matter what kind of story or history we have with them, we can still stay anchored and centered in our own system. And when they do enter in the doorway, and perhaps this is the most important, it allows for us to, to see the reaction that we're having and ask a very important question. Where in my body am I activated when this person walks through the door? If it's a lump in my throat or tightness in my chest or a knot in my stomach, it means something different in each of these areas. So if I can squeeze that area with this little hug on the inside of my body while I'm breathing up and down this channel, I'm gonna start to build circuitry where I did not have circuitry in place before. And under those circumstances, I will then stop having a reaction to this person. And under those circumstances, I can become more creative and less reactive. So we're building electromagnetic mm, superhighway. We're carving a pathway where there was a blockage before or a gap in the flow. And when we start to learn to do that, we start to ground and integrate ourselves in such an empowered way. Everything changes. It's a beautiful way to stop that runaway train that you're speaking of. Thank you so much for that. We all need that particular piece of information. Another thing that you've been talking about that I'd like to bring focus to is imagination. We've been taught since childhood, oh, honey, it's just your imagination. It's not real. But it seems to me like all of this runs through the imagination in order to harness our ability to manage matter at the quantum level. Yes. Well, you know, you can imagine that if we, uh, to coin a word, right, you can, you can, one can uh, picture that if we had a natural part of ourselves that got marginalized early in our lives, and we've been living up our lives without that part of ourselves, but it happens to be high creativity, highly creative, our imagination. It is the expression of our creativity. But we were in uh, inappropriately basically told to shut it down and get rid of it. And when we take that creative part of us and shut it down and try to you know, sweep it under the rug, of course, we're going to live in a compromised fashion. So of course, the right use of our imagination being invited back into the picture is paramount when it comes to developing holism again in our system at large. So right use of our imagination, visioning, uh, uh, picturing, feeling, imagining what it would feel like if our dreams and our desires were here. These types of, of uh, tools have been proven exponentially to be effective in turning this around and allowing ourselves to become the creator that we really are instead of the reactor that we've been entrained to become. So what we build in our imagination creates... Um... Um, kind of like a matrix at the quantum level for reality to form around. So don't we have to be careful of what we imagine that has to do with catastrophizing? 
Certainly. When we are grounded and integrated, which is what I'm actually teaching people how to do inside of the energy codes work, those imaginary um, uh, pictures, those movies that start to get constructed in our mind are not destructive. They are not uh, aggrandized in ways that are other than uh, filled with possibility. It's when the mind is separate, separated and not integrated, it starts imagining worst case scenario. And so it starts to to pontificate what could happen here, you know, in the worst. And so we let our imagination get carried away in a direction that isn't supportive to us. So always ask the question, does it feel good what I'm imagining? If it doesn't feel good, it's not in alignment with where I am at this point in my own evolution. So if it feels good and I'm imagining it and it feels open, opening to my heart space and opening to my solar plexus and I don't feel defensive or protective and it doesn't make me start to strategize, but it just keeps me open in possibility, then that is right use of the visioning capacities in the brain. And that is what we're here to do as creator is to create things that are that are beneficial, that are helpful, that are truly bonding and unifying to humanity, not separative and, and uh, disintegrative in any way. Well, we're about to come to the end of our time and I have one major question for you. Dr. Mortar, what is your mission? My mission is to awaken the divinity in humanity, to allow humanity to realize that we are good, that we are capable of expressing good and that we are uh, united as our true state of nature. And as I get to do so every day, um, I find it be, uh, being con completely fulfilling to so many people who have begun to lean into such an idea. And uh, it is a great joy in my life to be able to do so. Dr. Martyr, the last hour has been a great joy in my life to have shared it with you, with all this wonderful information that you bring. You know, and unfortunately, we are out of time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been my, my great pleasure. Absolutely. Anytime. Much, much love to everyone. Thank you. Our guest this hour has been Dr. Sue Mortar, author of The Energy Codes, The Seven-Step System to Awaken Your Spirit, Heal Your Body, and Live Your Best Life. Her website, drsuemorter.com. This has been Mission Evolution with Gwilda Wiecka. For more information or to listen to past archived episodes, visit www.missionevolution.org. Please join us next time as this mission continues, bringing information, resources, and support to an evolving world.